From the gun again on first down, fires wide, Juan Daniels, touchdown Georgia. This is your favorite receiver, Juan Daniels, and you're listening to the DGD Podcast with my man, Robert Reynolds. Go Dawgs! Welcome to this episode of the DGD Podcast. As always, Robert Reynolds, along with Juan Daniels. It's Thursday. Georgia comes off probably the most dominant win of the season, 37 to nothing shutout of Arkansas. But before we get into that one, we're going to get to talk about our sponsor here, La Terrain Watches. Use code DGD at checkout for 10% off your purchase. Look, great watches, accessories, things like that. Check out the right here, la-terrain.com. Remember, use code DGD, 10% off. Let's go ahead and get in because there's a lot to talk about, and I'm not even going to talk about Georgia 100% of the time. There's some things that I got a bone to pick with some people that pretty much was just labeling me stupid uh, about four months ago. Before we jump into Georgia, I'm going to do this right now. Anyone that sat there and called me crazy for Kentucky beating Florida, <laughs> I'm, I'm here right now. I want you to I, – I, anybody, I want them to come on here and, and say you're sorry because I called it coming. I, I called it four months ago. You know, a little bit of a coaching situation kind of caused, you know, the mishap there. But, look, George, uh, Kentucky's defense and, you know, honestly, the special teams kind of made a play there. Look, Florida just beat themselves, and, and they lost to Kentucky. And now you're looking at Kentucky going to finish second in the East. I just kind of called it. But, look, let's be honest here. Dan Mullen needs to be more accountable for this. And the fact that he just pushed it away – it's just so typical of Mr. Mullen down there in Gainesville. You know, it, with a loss like that, right, I, I don't know if it's – to me it wasn't an upset, but obviously the media is going to call that. You know, at, from a from a coach's standpoint, that's something that you have to take responsibility of. I, I know the false starts, you know, things like that. There's – ultimately it starts with the head guy. Uh, and the fact that he just pushed it off on everything else is just ridiculous. And I, I'm not a fan of it. What are your thoughts on that one? Um, you know what? The, the biggest thing is, again, you, you're going to have to be disciplined as a team. And that starts with your head coach. And, and, and again, you sit there and look at those mental errors uh, against a Kentucky team that you historically have just beaten year after year after year after year. And then it just kind of brings you back to what is actually going on at Florida? What's going on behind the scenes? Because, again, you sit there and think about um, – uh, the, the the different things that are that are happening in the program is just kind of seeming like it's in disarray. You're, you're really struggling with your you know with, with, with your quarterbacks and you know what really tipped me off is how Florida fans were jumping up and down. They were super excited about a a moral victory versus an Alabama team who honestly I, I think Alabama just kind of overlooked Florida. Um, and, and they weren't as dominant as they needed to be. And then all of a sudden, again, it's one of those things that you allow a team to kind of stick around and then they'll have a, you know, a, a puncher's chance. But then you go and, and you come off of that super, super duper high and you go and lose to Kentucky. Um, not to say Kentucky is a bad team, but this is a team that you've dominated year after year after year. And then you lose in that fashion. That, that's pretty bad. You know, I'm with you there, man. I really am. Uh, it's just, you know, Kentucky, look, Kentucky's a damn good team. And there's a reason why they're ranked now. And, and they moved up a ton to 16. There, there's a reason for that. 
Uh, you know, look, two weeks from now, Kentucky's going to meet their maker, in my opinion. But until then, you know, look, they're they're doing what they're supposed to do to, you know, to be competitive in the East and making it, a you know, really a tight race right now. But, you know, look, Florida's put a fork in them. They're done. Their playoff chances are done. Obviously, two losses, and this and it's not over. I, I, I seriously don't think that they. Obviously, we beat Georgia. Uh, we beat Florida, and then you know, there's a chance you could see Florida with four losses again, and then you know they're going to be sitting there scratching their heads and figuring out what to do uh, with Mullen the Clown and company. Really, <laughs> you know, the, the the circus the circus is going to be there, and they don't know what to do because. They just given them an extension to 2023. You know, Georgia fans were licking their chops there. The longer you keep Grantham there, the easier the defense becomes. It's, it doesn't even really – it does matter, but it doesn't. You know, but I, I agree with you. I think starting to, after that loss to Kentucky, I think you can really see that Bama really just overlooked them and, and didn't put them away. Um, yeah, I'm going to leave it at that right there because I don't want to talk about Florida the whole show. Right, but, right. <laughs> but nonetheless, look, the brigade is already popping. You know, uh, Jay Shipes and Sunil called this months ago in May. Uh, you know, they said they called it in May as well. And, um, you know, there's the realist fans kind of see these things. You know, you have, you know, you have those Gator fans that are just super delusional, as with any fan base, really. But kind of saw that coming, especially with, you know, with Kentucky having a pass game. Right. It, it was the writing on the wall. But let's go ahead and transition over to uh, Georgia here. So 37 nothing, And I still find it ironic that to beat a team 37 to nothing, especially number eight in the country, people are still complaining about how we did it. We didn't pass enough, things like that. First off, I want to get your thoughts on the game from an overall standpoint, and then I'll get back to my comment. Um, it just complete domination. I mean, uh, if you if you think about it, Arkansas came in on a high. They just, you know, they're number eight in the country. They are excited. You know, the, you know, everybody, they're doing their press conferences. Everybody's excited. And then, of course, they come out there and they meet our defense. And, and what's the old saying? Whoa, Raylene. They really, really ran into a, a, a brick wall. I mean, it was, it was really, really bad. And, and, and so it, it kind of was a wake up call and, um, you know, again, we, we've already talked about it. You know, Mike Tyson says, you know, everybody has a plan until you get punched in the mouth. And Arkansas got punched in the mouth. And so for those that complain, you really don't understand football and you really don't understand what actually took place. And uh, what took place was a thing of beauty. Um, it's just kind of like I used to hate watching Lennox Lewis box. I mean, it was just so painful to watch until somebody said, you don't really understand boxing, because if you did, what he's doing is a thing of beauty. It wasn't this slug match, you know, knockout, you know, blowout. And so that's what people are expecting Georgia just to come out there. And like you said, they're not passing enough. They're not doing this enough. But the number eight team to completely dominate them is a thing of beauty. It was masterful. You know, and we're going to we're going to introduce a section real fast here and then I'll get back onto my situation here. But we're going to introduce a new segment called the Game Balls, and this is a perfect transition for where you just went with that and how this game turned out to be. So for let me explain this for a second. So the Game Balls, obviously, you know, look, we're going to give it to our player of the game post, you know, post game. And, you know, for me, I'll go ahead and start with this. So my Game Ball goes to, first off the crowd because the crowd made that environment 
more than electric. You know, there was a stat, I want to say Holly Rowe, while she was reporting, mentioned uh, an interesting, crazy stat for a noon kickoff game. And, you know, Georgia with, what, 92, 93,000 tops was louder than the whiteout with 106,000. So almost 14,000 people more at nighttime or, yeah, was not as loud as Georgia at a noon kickoff. So, Kirk, look, Kirby – Coach, you know, he, he challenged the fan base to be elite. They more than took up that challenge. You could see that from just the first series, right? The first two plays, you know, two false starts back-to-back. So you automatically get put at a first and 20. And, and in the broadcast, though, you know, Fowler and, and Kirk Herbstreet just not saying a word, letting the crowd tell you the story was <clears> – it was just picture perfect. So my game ball goes to the crowd – uh, and then I'm going to give another one to Zeus, three touchdowns total, uh, two running, and then <clears throat> the recovery on the blocked punt. Juan, if you had to give a game ball, who, who are you giving yours to? You know what? I, 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 I'm, I'm with you on the crowd. The crowd really, really stepped up. Um, number one, it's game day. So game day being in Athens was already enough to, to, to send the crowd on edge. But you've got a two versus eight matchup. Um, what, what's going to really make the difference is going to be the crowd. They're going to be the engine that's, that's, that, that's running the machine. And, and, and they did that. And then my other game ball is actually to the defense. I mean, the entire defense, they absolutely just stuffed Arkansas. And they basically sent an early message to say, listen, uh, you guys are not going to do anything. Um, it, it's going to be a rough, rough day for you. And to watch their quarterback, uh, he just looked like a deer in headlights. He went from this confident guy, you know, beating on his chest to absolutely looking like, hey, uh, how soon can this clock run out so I can get out of here? <laughs> it was it was very interesting to see, you know, like I think you could give a game ball to about everybody. It feels like because, you know, you look at Cedric Von Prahn, right, the, the test that he had to go up against the nose tackle handled that more than perfect, in my opinion, for what it's worth. You know, there's a lot to go around, but – I think the crowd was legitimately elite. And if we continue to do that and the fans shows up at every game like they did, I don't see us, you know, the crowd, you know, the environment could cause, you know, could affect games. Although I think George is just going to dominate. That's just the way I'm looking at it. But nonetheless, you know, it's going to be interesting to see, though, obviously going to uh, to Auburn, right, going to Jordan-Hare late, uh, this weekend, which we'll talk more about tomorrow. But it's going to be interesting because it'll be our first true road test, you know. And, yeah, look, Vanderbilt is not a road test. We we have turned that place into our second home almost. So, you know, obviously I think we're going to get tested. And, I, and I'm looking forward to it. I, I really do. Um, but until then, you know, <clears throat> Georgia's just going to go ahead and manhandle teams as they always did. The defense was just insane to me as well, though. Um, you know, looking at guys like Channing Tindall, uh, at the speed that we had again, right? Everybody was, you know, everybody was questioning KJ's ability to run and being that dual threat and things like that. And it was a non-factor. Uh, so it was just an overall dominating performance, you know, and then on offense, right? We knew coming in that they ran a, a three-man front. So the, the three, three, five that they ran kind of posed to our challenge to run the ball. Uh, and look, when you're running at six yards a clip, and they're not changing their scheme to stick with a three-three three-man front. Basically, yeah. why would you? Why would you? Ex- why would you want the 
opportunity to sit there, pose itself to make mistakes in the passing game. When you're running for six yards a clip, you know, understand that Todd Monken called the game plan exactly the way it needed to be, being patient, taking what was there. If you're running the ball as well as we did, they're not doing anything to change it. There's no reason to throw the ball because it just schematically makes sense to run the ball if you can do it effectively. So, right, to, right. To any, you know, Saturday I was what you know I was on Twitter and everybody was just blasting it like we need to pass the ball more. And the whole game is just look, this defense the way they're running it is not meant to be able to pass the ball like that. So it just make you have to run the ball. They challenged us to run the ball, and we ran the ball down their throats. There's a reason Stetson only threw it 11 times because it wasn't there. Now, when, right. when the opportunity posed itself and presented itself, sure, he took advantage, which is an example of what you saw on the, um, you know, on the uh, pass over the linebacker into Kenny McIntosh almost for the touchdown, right? It's things like that, it's, it's going to make a difference, you know. And But there's also some things to take away that could have been better. And one thing, you know, being a receiver yourself, it's got to haunt you almost, is, is Justin Robertson had a couple missed drops, uh, you know, slant route. I think he got his eyes up and, and started looking at the, you know, the field before he caught the ball, yep. dropped the yep. ball. From, from a receiver standpoint, you know, obviously two passes right there that, you know, missed or whatever. How do you go about from a from a mentality standpoint of overcoming that right there and focusing on getting better and, and not making those mistakes again? How do you go about that? Well, I mean, you just have to. I mean, it's it, it's a mental game. I mean, a lot of people sometimes don't don't understand that, but it is. It, 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 it's a mental game, and then it becomes a situation in which you start second guessing yourself. Uh, the ball is coming to me. Am I going to catch it? Am I? You know, am I going to? You know, you know, am I going to drop it, you know, fumble, whatever it is. But, um, you know, you just have to overcome that and and, and then just continue to go out there and, and, and fight because it is it, it's a mental thing. It's so different from a pitcher that that, that gets into a slump. Um, you know, you'll see people. I mean, again, if, if, if you watch the um, the Falcons, you had Ridley, who was open wide open, you know, two times on deep balls and he dropped them. And you're just kind of like, dude, like that's two, you're, you're paid millions and millions of dollars to drop them, but you do, you, it, it, it's a mindset. So you just have to overcome that um, and, and then just try to get back on track. I, I think I, can, I have to agree with that right there. Obviously, you know, it wasn't in a situation where we absolutely needed, you know, those catches to, you know, be crucial moments in the game <clears throat> definitely helps you know, obviously to catch those and move the ball the way they did. But, you know, looking into that right there, you know, it happens. You know, I, you know, maybe, you know, I, with the way wide receivers are, you know, does that impact, you know, him him playing, right, getting reps? Maybe, you know, especially when you start to get guys back healthy, you know, Don Blaylock and Pickens, you know, with the expectation there. But going to the tight ends, <clears throat> obviously Brock Bowers does, doesn't even get targeted this game. But you also look at the situation where <clears throat> Darnell comes back, not even 100 percent, and immediately makes an impact in the run game. You know, as a blocker, right? That that, that is one of the biggest things. You know, opening those lanes. <clears throat> so, what was your thoughts on Darnell coming back, and you know, maybe not showing everything in the pass game, but still being able to uh, manhandle people in the run game? Well, again, that's just it. He's such a big presence. He's such a big presence. He did a great job blocking, and obviously you saw him 
you know, going in, he'd, you know, substitute, you know, basically just kind of getting his feet wet. Um, but what was great about it is, again, you are bringing him into a situation where you're playing the number eight team um, in, in the nation. So this is a big game. And they're basically saying, Darnell, we need you. We need you to step up and play big. And, and, and I really felt like he did that. And then, of course, he also gives you the fear of, you know, hey, if this guy goes out for a pass, um, you know, now we, you know, we may be in trouble. And then, and also too, we're just talking about Brock Bowers not being targeted. It, it just goes to show like Munkin is doing a great job with what he has. And I can guarantee that Arkansas did a lot to prepare for, for Bowers um, and, and, and thought to themselves probably, Hey, if we stop Bowers, we're going to you know give ourselves a really good chance. And I think, you know, we think that we're going to do a great job of, 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 you know, stopping the run. Um, but, uh, that didn't happen at all. And, and, and Munkin was just always a step ahead of whatever Arkansas was coming up with. Yeah. You know, just thinking about that right there. I'll also like to see Brock, you know, Brock Bowers as well made a great play, um, <clears throat> made a great play, uh, in the run game. Really. It was just, I don't know if you saw it, but he just made, he just took this man's soul. Yeah, so overall, I think our run – overall, I'm going to have to give the run game an A-plus because we showed out what we needed to do, and, and we did it. Um, so let's go ahead and let's switch over to the brigade and see what people are saying here. Um, you know, G-Bama boys in here, if Arkansas – talking about uh, Arkansas and Ole Miss this year. <clears throat> so, you know, looking at it right here, um, you know, travel – or see, Arkansas travels well, and it's not uh, too far, is it, talking about the game. What are your thoughts on the Arkansas um, Arkansas Ole Miss game this week? I, I tell you what, if um, you know, obviously that 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 three three five is designed to stop big plays. I think that uh, uh, Corral's gonna. I, I think he's gonna just cut him up, even with like little short passes, little and and that that spread game. Um, I'm a little bit kind of you know Arkansas was not as great as as as, as I thought that they were. Um, they, they, they really, really struggled against a, a really, really good defense and they just kind of went into a shell. Um, and, and I think they, the, the aftermath of that is not going to, you know, they're not going to write the ship, you know, against Ole Miss. I think Ole Miss, I think Ole Miss wins this game. Yeah, I, I think so. I know it's going to be a good one. I hope to, I hope that it's a good one. Let's just say, right. So, um, you know, kind of moving on here though, with, um, you know, just kind of a defensive standpoint. If you had to choose a player of the game on defense, who would you choose, and and why? Oh, it, it's 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 got to be it's got to be Jordan. Um, I, I mean, obviously he dominated the line, but then to see him on offense, you know, coming in there blocking, um, he's just such a dynamic player. Um, he is. He he's he's just such a dynamic player. His his energy, his excitement. I just think it it, it basically fuels the entire defense. Um, I know they they they've got you know great linebacker play, but I, I just feel like he just does such an such an amazing job of 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 basically setting the edge and then also setting the tone uh, 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 for the defense. You know, I love that pick right there. I'm going George, I'm going Jalen Carter though. And, and the reason being is, is the, the three-man uh, the block right there, uh, like you said, at the goal line, right? Yes, yes, It yes. was beautiful. And I, look, I, the, the bad part is this overshadows 
Kendall Milton's first touchdown, which congratulations to Kendall for making that touchdown. Um, I, I loved seeing it. I, I love I, it's been a long time coming for him to get that touchdown. Um, and, you know, the fact that he got it, you know, I'm, I'm glad that he got it. But it got overshadowed by Jalen, uh, easily got overshadowed. So, you know, I'm going to transition to this right here real fast. And, and I want to talk about our uh, special episode here, the Veterans Day show. I want to talk about this for a minute. Um, as you know, I'm a veteran myself. And, you know, November 5th, we're going to do this. I'll be on vacation and be away. Um I can't wait for that. And we've also got uh, Chris Milton uh, is, is listed up, lined up, ready to come on the show. Uh, if you didn't know, he's a veteran himself. And so we're going to talk, you know, military stories and things like that. It's going to be fun. Um, you know, I'm looking forward to it. Also be taken if you want to donate. Right. There's no you're not forced to it. Um, you know, I, I think it's going to be fun and I'll, really donations will go to Wounded Warrior Project as well. So we'll have that ready to go there. Uh, you know, look, it's just something I've, I've been wanting to do for a while. And the fact that we can get it done now is, is going to be fun. Um, you know, but what are your so I want to get your thoughts here, Juan. What are your thoughts on, you know, I don't know if I would get too far ahead here, but you know, looking at Alabama, things like that, since we got G-Bama boy here, how, you know, say if things take, you know, take place and everything like that, um, you know, how, how would you picture that game to play out? That, that, that'll that be interesting. Um, I, I think it's going to be a, a, a low-scoring game. Um, a lot of it is going to hinge on are we going to have a healthy JT Daniels? Um, um that's going to be a huge, huge difference because we saw um, how, you know, Stetson Bennett did last year. Um, and, you know, it, it, it's big time, you know, big, big time football. He was not prepared. I think he'll be a little bit more prepared, but that's going to be one of those ones where we're going to need everybody. We're going to need JT Daniels. We're going to need Darnell. Um, you know, we're going to need, you know, possibly Pickens and, and, and again, not really sure. I mean, we need to send out an Amber alert for Eric Gilbert. Not sure what's going on with that, but if, you know, we're, we're going to need him. And then if we've got our running backs hitting on all cylinders, um, I, I, I see us, you know, you know, I, I see maybe a, a, a 24, maybe 24, 10, 24, 13 game. Uh, you know, that'll be, a, I'm telling you now, that's going to be the national title game. In my opinion, I think it has to be, um, I think the biggest question to me, though, is, you know, how our defense would go up against Alabama and stopping Bryce Young, if that's the case. Um, I think I think it would be something that we could take advantage of. You know, I, I think, you know, I love I love their scheme, right, their offensive scheme. It's beautiful, but they don't have the – you know, I'm not saying – I'm not discrediting Bama here by any means, but they don't have Waddle. They don't have Devontae Smith things like that. I, I still think Bryce is a good situation to have. That's a great quarterback to have. But I, I literally just think that it's going to be a, a shootout. And honestly, if Georgia can establish any kind of, you know, run game there, you know, you start to maybe eke out a win, right? They're going to get points on you, right? I think that's the situation right. there. But I, I think Georgia's defense might be just that elite, obviously. So, you know, bearing any injuries, things like that, I, I think that would be a close game. And I would have to give Georgia the side edge, but I just hope that we're able to do it twice because I'm telling you, Georgia and Bama, um, 
sorry, uh, Georgia and Bama is going to be your national title as it stands now, in my opinion. I, I think that's just the way that it has to go. Yeah. Oh, I agree. I, I, I definitely agree. That's going to be it, it, it's going to be a good one. You you know, one would just hope that, you know what, that that game, that SEC championship game is close enough to get both of those teams in there. Because um, right now you've got, uh, uh, you, you know, you've got the ACC that's completely out of it. I think the Pac-10, you know, I believe that they may be completely out of it. I, I don't see anything really from from the Big 12 um, outside of Oklahoma, who's not really playing very well right now. Um, and then, of course, you've got the Big 10, who Ohio State's actually starting to play a lot better. And then you've got Michigan that's undefeated. And then you've got, you know, the, there's a big game this week between – um, you know, number three and number four or four and five, Iowa and, and, and Penn State. So um, they're, they're looking to try to sneak some, you know, sneak a couple teams in as well. Yeah, the Big Ten, Big Ten's interesting right now. I know um, it's going to be interesting to see how they play out, to be honest. Um, you know, Iowa, Penn State, I think that game is going to be boring, honestly. Uh, both offenses aren't that great. I mean, good defenses, but that's just going to be – it's going to be – boring to me uh there's a re look there's a reason why they went to the red river shootout uh college game they did and, and i think that's telling to me right especially right. with the three especially <laughs> with a three four uh matchup right there so you know we'll see how that plays out but we'll go to go to some comments here from the brigade um you know looking at trips got to remember these are 16 17 year olds dealing with in the year 2021 yes i agree there um uh, G. Bama actually gave us a compliment here. <clears throat> Kirby coached a great game. Arkansas dropped eight. Kirby ran the ball. That's what you do. Yeah, that's what we preached about for a while now. And, you know, I, I think people that don't understand that need to understand that. You know, Kirby's, you know, people wanted to say that it's, um, uh, you know, kind of just, you know, being conservative, things like that. No, they, they didn't. We ran the ball the whole time. And, you know, obviously we stopped them and whatnot. Like 37 points, right, to nothing. Yeah. Running the ball, passing 11 times, and you're complaining? You're reaching. Yeah. You're reaching. But if you think about it, that like that's true Georgia football. Like that's, that's Georgia football. And in, in, in a perfect situation, that is who Georgia is. I mean, they, they want to run the football. Um, they they want to limit – um, any any errors, you know, and, and then they want to run the football and they want to play great defense. And they did exactly that. Now you're I mean, you're absolutely right. Look, we could sit here and go on and on, uh, you know, but we'll wrap this up with this right here. Look, the overall take of things, Georgia just beat a top 10 team, not even close and really just established their reign on the best defense in the country by far now at this point. So. Look, there's arguments that to be made that Georgia could be number one. And honestly, I believe in that, but also understand that until Bama gets beat or somebody beats Bama, that they, you know, they deserve to be number one. So I get that logic. Look, 37 points, you, you know, you don't even pass for 100 yards, but you dominate the time o'clock, you dominate possessions. Um, you know, just an overall dominant win. Um, so to me, you know, I'm taking away this right here. Georgia, just take care of business. You're going to the playoffs. I think there's no reason to believe that you can't make the playoffs unless you just have a catastrophic collapse. What are your thoughts for, to to put the Arkansas game to bed? 
Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, just a- absolutely. It was a, uh, you, you know, for, for Arkansas fans, it was a nightmare for us. It was a beautiful dream. And you know what, like I said, you, you, you move on and you, and you focus on, 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 on what's ahead of you. Absolutely. So we're going to look, we're going to call it for the t- today's show. Uh, obviously look, make sure you stick around on uh, YouTube, wherever you're watching this for the Q and a real fast. But for those listening on podcasts, look, if you want, if you have your lunchtime break, noon Eastern, Thursday, Friday, catch us on our YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, Facebook, things like that. But nonetheless, remember lotterrain.com, DGD at checkout, 10% off your purchase. Look, it's great. It's a great day, great win, but we're going to call it there. And everybody have a great day. Go dogs. Go dogs. Is the DGD podcast? Go dogs. We are back. We are back. Uh, before we go ahead, move here. It looks like uh, G Bama, or not G Bama, but uh, Green Soldier. I uh, wanted to say something here. Uh, DGD, Robert, and, and that's what's even more impressive, the improvements from week one to week five against a statistically ranked top 10 defense and stopped a t- uh, statistically ranked top 20 offense. Just leaving it now, you know, you look at that game, right, the Arkansas game, and to me that's another complete game, right? Um, special teams played a part. Special teams played a part there. You have – Let's see, you know, obviously the block punt, you know, we didn't even have to punt really. Like that was yeah. a crazy thing. We didn't even really have to punt that much. G, G. Bemis says, I thought the show was over. No. So we do a Q&A comments reading here uh, just for podcast purposes, the show ends. So just to be you know, clear on that right there, when you see that, it's not 100% over. Maybe that tells me I need to work on something. Um, maybe I need to do that. What do you think, Juan? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I have to figure I have to figure something out, maybe catch a little yeah. pause or something. Yeah, but uh, but no, you know, kind of looking at it right there, I, I think to me. You know, KJ Jefferson's a good quarterback, I, I really believe that, but Georgia's defense is just I don't think it matters what quarterback you put back there. And I think Bo Nix is about to experience this uh, Saturday. It doesn't matter. That defense is ridiculous, and they're going to get to you. And I think a lot of that stems from being able to run upfield, not ru- you know rush the pocket, because uh, you get mobile quarterbacks a chance to skirt. When you have all, when you have four guys running up, you know, collapsing the pocket in and and containing the edge to not be able to run outside, you see exactly what happens with four sacks on KJ and well Malik uh, Malik as well Malik Hornsby, I think is his name. Um, you know, so to me, I, I think it's a, it's just a dominating swarm in defense. It's insane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're absolutely right. You are absolutely right. It, it was, um, uh, again, it was a huge wake-up call. I mean, again, that, you know, I, I can imagine the excitement, you know, and, and whatever, you know, Coach Pittman was saying, hey, guys, you know, we can go out there, we can shock the world. <laughs> and then they came out and, and uh, 